1: Accessed entry 1429.is1305. Certificate number 25154.
0: White Trains. You know, a lot of the topics that I introduce into the omnibus have to do with um, the male grooming. Male grooming, but also the 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 era of um, of nuclear weapons. Because I, I mean, and when I say the era of nuclear weapons, r- obviously they, it starts in 1945, and and then it's a hyphen, and then there's no ending date. Yeah, that's right. And it, it kind of um, the the Cold War ostensibly ended um, in the the very beginning of the 1990s, and the the tension around the sort of first strike uh you know the potential apocalypse that that loomed large throughout the cold war that sort of dissipated and and in a way there was there was a brief period where it felt like maybe there were rogue nuclear weapons that were that were being pilfered from the former soviet union and i assumed there were but we're still here we're still here and no i mean uh I think if you were prepared to hijack planes and fly them into the World Trade Center, it would have been much easier to put a put a bomb in the back of a truck and blow up all of New York if if you were if you're already going to be diabolical, why not go the whole distance? So you're saying it's harder to pilfer than it seems? It's harder to, I guess, have and set off a nuclear weapon than it might appear because you would think but there are enough unscrupulous actors that that I guess just the fact that it hasn't happened is kind of evidence that it is harder to do than it, than it looks.
1: Although 9/11 turned out to be kind of trivial and it it just it still took decades.
0: Yeah, and 9/11 like incredibly simple when you look back at it. Uh, simple to pull off, but I, I you're not admiring it, I assume. Uh it's hard to admire 9/11. But but you're, you're not envious. Like some of the most diabolical things, you know. You you always assume that it's going to be a Bond villain with all the technology and and billions of dollars to spend, uh, a massive conspiracy. But you know, really, it was a ragtag fugitive fleet. Um, on a nine-year mission to explore the.
1: Now you're kind of making them sound like the Rebel Alliance, and I'm a little iffy on that you know, too. It's really hard to.
0: It's hard to know. Where I mean, I I stand I'm, I'm on okay 9/11. with
1: Giuliani as Grand Moff Tarkin in this analogy. Yeah, I guess. But I
0: don't think that's but they're both very gaunt now. He didn't see himself as that at the time. I don't think America saw him as that. He was I,
1: America's mayor. Yeah, I thought
0: he was. Uh, he was the. I think it's he, a Trump, wasn't he? Guy, <laughs> <laughs> the, the lobster uh, admiral.
1: He does have some facial similarities with the lobster guy now. I believe he was Time's Person of the Year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As, as a, a way to,
1: as a way to not make it Bush or, or Bin Laden. Right. But uh
0: but throughout the through throughout the Cold War, the sort of like the the palpable danger of nuclear weapons felt a little bit more honest at least than now, where we're still living in a world where there still thousands are thousands of nukes. Nuclear warheads just all over the place. In fact, uh there are there are – the United States has over 6,000 uh, warheads now down from a high of 30,000 warheads around the time I was born. And the Soviet Union had a lot more than that. Uh, and Russia still has uh, a considerable number. But don't you
1: find that it's just much more soothing not to think about it? Well, I think uh, that's, that our, our, our current approach to I nuclear weaponry, to nuclear arsenals. Just pretend – that they don't exist. And I'm I find I'm much happier. Which was not true in the eighties
0: when I was a, a kid terrified of nuclear Armageddon. What's strange is that a huge I mean money aside, a huge component of the United States military is still predicated on the idea of maintaining first strike capability at a moment's notice. Like there are there submarines there are attack submarines and submarines that trail along behind aircraft carriers to protect them from from uh, hostiles. But our entire—that's not what submarines are for, right? Well, our our entire like strategic submarine uh, universe is still based on the idea of parking nuclear weapons offshore of somewhere, just
1: so that everywhere in the world we've got.
0: What Polaris missiles ready to go, or- and it's a uh, and it's one hundred percent still based on a deterrent mentality, right? As though there's anyone in the world that we're deterring from doing anything. Like it's so unlikely that Russia or uh, or China would ever launch a nuclear missile, at least in current in the current climate. The only actor that would. We don't have, we, they don't have a coast. Well,
1: our, our, well, sub, our submarines are no good for, well, for ex- non-state actors, right? Except
0: for, well, there's that, but also like North Korea does not seem to be inhibited by the threat of retaliation. Who knows? They, they may be uh, incited. We have no idea. And uh, Iran's nuclear program is 100% targeted at Israel they're not inhibited by U.S. submarines off the coast. You know, they want to ra- rattle their saber at their neighbor. Rattle your saber at your neighbor, as we say. So I we, mean, is, is all the, uh, if we've got all these submarines—I mean, we're yeah. recording this in
1: summer 2020, a time when—
0: uh, At least these things still exist.
1: A, t- a time when—and beyond that, there are maybe only 20 nations on Earth that will let Americans enter with a U.S. passport— because of our because of our crumbling empire, <laughs> right? So I guess it's nice that we're still pointing nuclear missiles at them. At least, I mean, it's really right. the only leverage we have as we
0: decay from within. All you have to do is watch uh, watch war games to know that we still have, uh, you know, we still have like operating computers prepared to deal with. Yeah, we're ready for the Senegalese scenario. That's right. So look like, out, Senegal. When tanks pour through the Georgian border, <laughs> uh, we're ready with a, 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 a response, like a like a programmed response.
1: Okay, but, fine. I can't get on a plane and go to Tokyo. That's fine. But, that's, but we still have the we still have the Trump card. Literally. Oh, until
0: does this show air after the election or
1: before? <laughs> no this share the show will air in October. Well, the show will enter the time capsule in October. Okay, good.
0: Uh, so. Um. But submarines, li- leaving the hundreds of billions of dollars that we spend on submarines aside, um, we still have operational ICBMs in silos in Minot, North Dakota, and well, not to give anything away—spoiler alert—we uh, still have. Like, <laughs> are there people who haven't gotten to the end of North Dakota yet? <laughs> <laughs> we still have uh, nukes that are that are deliverable by airplane. Um, there are we we have Are those the
1: only 3 or do, are there also other secret ones? Are there uh, do we have
0: dolphin ones? We don't have space ones. We don't Yet. have dolphin ones. I'm sure we have briefcase ones. F-
1: funicular? I I'm mean sh- everybody's worried about the briefcase yeah. one, the non-state actor with a with a super low-tech dirty bomb.
0: I'm I'm sure I mean the the tactical ones are the ones that I think pro- pose the greatest risk in the sense that uh tactical nuclear weapons are downsized to be used on battlefields, to be used in specific instances. So there at it's much less likely that any that any head of state will decide to obliterate Vladivostok.
1: Your problem is General Oblomov calling an audible?
0: Yeah, that that there or or that a that a president might say, "Look, the caves of Tora Bora are too difficult to infiltrate. We're going to lose too many special forces, guys. So what we need is the ultimate bunker buster because we have non-nuclear bombs that are big. We have non-nuclear bombs that are probably more than one Hiroshima,
1: right? Not maybe that big. What's but, the biggest one? But I, big. What's the, isn't there one with like a floral name that, yeah. that everyone loved when we used it in Afghanistan? Uh, we did use it in Afghanistan.
0: Um, the daisy cutter. No, the... Uh, the.
1: Oh, right. Right. They called it the mother of all bombs. The mother bombs, of all bombs, right. Which is, you know, should we really be going into the for, Moab for Saddam style? It's the Moab,
0: is what it is. Mother it, of all bombs.
1: That explains why Moab, Utah, looks like that. It was just a normal place with no it weird
0: was a, It was a garden of guests Are you looking it up? I uh, I paused because it looked like you were looking it up. I am. It is it is not Anywhere,
1: anywhere, close. anywhere on the close, it's yeah. uh, it's what eleven tons of TNT, I think, and that's probably still the biggest conventional weapon
0: it is ever used. The mother of all bombs is the mother of all bombs. The Daisy
1: Cutter was the one, was the one you were thinking of that was in the news before the. Uh... So it's it's like it's it's like a thousandth of a of a Hiroshima of a Hiroshima, but th- I guess the news at the time reported that it was roughly equivalent. Yeah, and so we had a news
0: cycle of people saying. It's as big as a nuke. Nukes are much bigger, but you can make small small nukes. And there's there was a whole family Nuklets? of bombs, uh, an entire family of bombs. Oh, how cute! That were designed the nuclear to, family. That's right. It was the nuclear <laughs> family uh, designed to be used on battlefields where there were actual where there were active U.S. troops. So as we were moving forward, we would nuke the bad guys just you know not even over the horizon just sort of over there I
1: have an issue with that Yeah I just saw Chernobyl It seems like you right. can't just explode a small nuke 2 miles away from It does seem like that US forces It does seem like that But uh, that's that didn't stop them from designing them I guess it the fact that they never used them maybe th- means that my there is something to my
0: reservations Right. Although that's the that's the great mystery of them. Like they're still there, and there are still pa- people in the world empowered to deploy them, and there is a chain of uh, of, of processes, processes, processes by which they could be used. There absolutely are, and some many now which
1: don't involve the U.S. There's an right. India-Pakistan chain now. There, uh, there. You could there have is. you could have one crazy uh, president of France,
0: <laughs> and and honestly, you know, there are there are nukes that, and these sort of tactical nukes, you can see within the regional logic of certain conflicts where, rather than root out all of the. All of the missiles, you know, all of the cannons in the Golan Heights, you know, why wouldn't you just deal with it all in one fell swoop? It's the one fell swoop uh, solution.
1: And just to be clear again, you're not suggesting this to the Israeli government— no, 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 no! You're, you're not endorsing. You were not admiring 9/11. No, nope. you're not endorsing uh, the nuclear
0: option no. in the Golan Heights. No, I believe that there's a that there is a <laughs> the uh, Senegalese
1: scenario is
0: right out. There is a political solution. I believe that I believe that states uh statecraft is the is the way. But but you um, you asked an interesting question, which is other than uh, siloed missiles airborne missiles, and submarine-launched missiles.
1: And the dolphins and the
0: missiles. And the dolphins and the funicular missiles and the briefcase missiles. Were there other ways of deploying missiles? And uh, there were a lot of – of part of the appeal of submarines is that uh, the deterrent nature of them is really uh, accentuated by the fact that they're they're impossible to track or hard to track. Not mm-hmm. impossible. I mean, the hunt for Red October teaches us that. Unless you use that new Caterpillar That's drive. The Caterpillar drive is right, but but once a once a submarine leaves uh banger here in Washington or the the big sub base in Charleston, uh, and it goes underwater, those those nuclear submarines can stay underwater for months at a time, and, and very it, hard to see. And
1: is it true that other other governments might not have a sense of where our submarine
0: fleet Absolutely is. Absolutely true. Because once they go down and zigzag around, you'd have to have really good uh, tracking ability to to keep tab to, to find them in the first place, let alone keep tabs on them as they move around. So that's their that's their primary strength. And an ICBM in a silo in Minot, North Dakota, it's a, a Dead certainty that even though it's been disguised underneath a a Dairy Queen. um, I'm sure it is not underneath the Dairy Queen. The Soviet Union (laughs) uh, eventually figured out and mapped where all of those places were. And it's not Whereas
1: a submarine fleet is more like a mosquito in your car with you. Yeah, Occasionally you'll see it or hear it. But most of the time, man, it could be anywhere,
0: and it could it could sneak up and, and bite you behind the ear, and and you probably wouldn't even notice until it was until it already started to itch.
1: I have noticed, by the way, just as an aside, do you have do you really have a very soft B when you say? Do you have a very soft B, John? I, I do. I have <laughs> the, the softest B. Come over here. Do you, when you say submarine? Do you swallow the B?
0: Submarine. You've
1: been saying submarine.
0: I do say submarine. Submarine, like with two M's. I don't say submarine. Submarine.
1: I love I love submarine. Submarine. It sounds like a like a kind of a fakeo Tanzanite kind of a, yeah. a home shopping network. Submarine
0: is what I bought my my fiance. Does this
1: have six uh, submarines set in
0: <laughs> set in
1: uh, sterling silver? Uh, but the that's the new Soviet.
0: Is submarine. is submarine. Well, Soviet sub- submarines are the, are <laughs> the <laughs> ultimate omnibus coinage. You need to figure out.
1: <laughs> Your consonants are, are all out of whack. You've taken the M, the V from submarine. I ripped the I ripped the B take off of let him, my letter sweater. You took the letter B from his varsity sweater. You somehow turned the B into an L, <laughs> I, I assume, by taking off the, the boob part of I it. I took
0: the boobs off.
1: And you put it into Soviet. I did. Well, at least you've got the conservation of... Consonants has been it's, observed. It's
0: the, it's the conservation of Cold War consonants, because it only happens in Cold War uh, contexts.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love I love Cold War consonant contexts.
0: If you think about the Cuban Missile Crisis, the um, the the whole reason that we detected those missiles was that the Cubans weren't manufacturing nuclear missiles there in Cuba, and they weren't uh, they weren't building hidden silos for them they had to come from somewhere
1: they had to drag them off of
0: boats across parking lots into the jungle or That's something That's right and rather than build really hardened emplacements they were launching them from the backs of trucks and those were more or less short shorter range missiles right the the whole plot of the Cuban missile crisis if it can be said to have had a plot Oh it's it's a plot a plot against America There you go but it was only uh, those missiles could only reach I mean, they could reach the capital, and that was kind of what mattered, at least to the to the Kennedy administration. But you couldn't have hit Seattle from Cuba with those truck launched missiles. Have you ever heard the story about how the one of the tip offs the the analyst
1: tip offs for the Russian presence in Cuba was that surveillance photos revealed soccer fields being cleared in the jungle, and Cubans play baseball, so they were used to seeing baseball diamonds. And when the analysts suddenly started seeing soccer fields with the baseball diamonds, they were like, though the
0: euros were there." That is a
1: European presence. Interesting. And they guessed correctly that it was Russian consultants.
0: It's like how it's like how the uh, the Nazi figured out that the guy was from England in uh, *Inglorious Bastards* because he he held up uh, three fingers the wrong way. He didn't use his thumb. We actually got letters about that when I.
1: When I talked about my son counting to three and then discovering a gun, because that only works if you count on your thumb. Yeah. And I guess.
0: One, two, three.
1: How do you do it? Are you thumb first?
0: Uh, Well, now I think I am because, because like a lot of things in the 1980s, I picked up a European affectation. Like I crossed my sevens. And, um, and who do you
1: blame for this? The that ninety nine Balloon song. Yeah, that's basically what it was. <laughs> it was it was
0: uh, it, it was an era when it was it, like it was because of Aha. Europeans are so interesting. Their hair is floofier than ours. They really were. They look more like Nagels than we do. Yeah. Okay, but um, moving nukes around is uh, it's it's a strategic problem because if if your if your adversary sees you moving them around then they know where they are and so they're le- they're more easily targeted but also making nuclear weapons is hard it's um yeah, there's there's
1: there's factories putting together that's right dozens of different parts and components that need to be assembled somewhere and it's not a thing that a you supply can chain.
0: you can just sort of uh, like disseminate across the country you can't have 25 different factories all making Nuclear warheads. I mean, I suppose you could, but it would be an it would be extremely um, expensive and difficult to do.
1: What if it turned out that there's some American consumer product which has actually been a cover all along for the fact that we're using
0: their their manufacturing Amway. facilities? To- <laughs> it's, it's Amway. It's Mary Kay. They're, the the nukes are being delivered in the backs of pink cattle. If
1: you dig into the big vats of Mary Kay goop, <laughs> you could pull out you could pull out the uh, nuclear material. That's what the Bruce
0: Springsteen song is about. It's about Nuclear proliferation.
1: I'm on fire is actually about a, nu- a first right. strike attack. That's right.
0: We're all burning. I was assuming that it was like you.
1: like goldfish crackers or something. Like Pepperidge Farms is is just a
0: Oh, it's the Keebler Elves.
1: Yeah. It's like when the the the, the lawn rolls back and the X-Men's jet comes out. You know, mm-hmm. like on Pepperidge Farms, the cow pasture rolls back and and the, the goldfish are just a cover operation. Mm. Down there they're actually making fissionable material and and uh rods and I don't know. Well, let me ask you this. How big is one? Like, I know it's a bunch of parts that have to be assembled, but how mm-hmm. big is the final product? Like a nuclear missile can be the submarine ones. Submarine ones are small, right?
0: Submarine ones. Well, the warhead is separate from the delivery, right? And so you can have a warhead that sits on the tip of a missile that's underneath a underneath a jet airplane. So it can be, I mean- you The know, warhead can be small. A warhead can be the size of a rugby ball. Um, or or maybe a little bit bigger. Some of the, one of the, one of the innovations of the late eighties or mid eighties, um, ICBMs was that on the top of the missile, uh, inside of that, that nose cone, there were actually multiple warheads. These were called the MIRVs, uh, and the missile would launch, go up into sort of, um, low earth orbit. And then the, the the nose cone would pop off and the missile would send multiple warheads like a firework headed to different targets. And they could be separately targeted. Uh, Completely separately targeted. Go to go to widely flung locations. Wow. So even though you Diabolically clever it was crazy. So so you know if even one missile got through whatever space-based defense that didn't ever Come exist. On. That was just a dream. Come on. Just a twinkle in in Brezhnev's eye. Um, it could, you know, it could deliver what, eight warheads or six warheads to various places. In the United States, the warheads that we used were not assembled by Keebler elves or under a goldfish factory. We, everyone knew where they were made. They were made at a factory in Texas um, called the Pantex factory Pantex. Pantex. It does
1: seem like they're pretending to make
0: nylons or something. Yeah, pan- Pantex is a, is like a, a feminine hygiene product, but it's also – Pantex a, 292. It's a factory in Amarillo, Texas. And a lot of these nuke factories, as we know, were products of um, – during the Manhattan Project in World War II, a lot of plants were opened in the desert southwest uh, here in Washington State – in Tennessee, sort of uh, different groups of people scrambling to get um, to to throw together these these new components and to make a, a bomb that we could drop on the Japanese. It's a whole new industry, whole new industry. Scratch. And then after the war, it only made sense that these so, that we should have thousands of them. Well, but also <laughs> that these places that we'd already strung some uh, electrified fence around should then. Be the places where we continue to manufacture these as we scale up and become a you know a a country that's massively manufacturing. That's funny. So
1: it started as as kind of a wartime exigency to put it in all these weird places, right? I mean
0: Hanford. um, One of the reasons that Hanford is an advantage is it's right there. It's out the middle of nowhere, but it's also right there on the Columbia River, and the Columbia River provides all that hydroelectric power in a in to 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 fuel a process that, that requires a lot of power before, before we were using the power of the split atom to power the process of splitting, splitting atoms. atoms. Um, but a lot of, a lot of these factories are just, you know, where there was land far away from people. And the Pantex plant in Amarillo is the spot where material is gathered from around the country, uranium from Hanford and, and, um, Blasting, you know, launch, status, pancakes, or whatever it is that you need to 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 combine to make a warhead. Uh, they're all brought together there and assembled. And is this a military facility, or is it a is it like a just a heavily guarded s- civilian plant? Strangely, the nuclear weapons manufacturing component is. Um, overseen and owned by the Department of Energy. So, <laughs> right, I remember
1: when Rick Perry got energy, everyone was saying that's not just. This is also the nukes.
0: Yeah, it's not just the dams, yeah. right? It's um, they are they are in control of, of the nukes right up until I think the point at which they hand them over to the military, and it may be that the military just has them on lease. It's lend lease, <laughs> and when they're done with them, they return them to the Department of Energy. What do you think energy gets in return? Like, what would you want from the US, from the from Pentagon? From the military? Yeah. So what if they just want a bunch of parachutes for gym class? You know, I've been saying, if I became a if I became a tech billionaire for some reason, I don't think I, I ever will, but- Well, not with that you know, attitude. To get like a decommissioned aircraft carrier and just park it off of uh, Santa Monica and turn it into like a- Casino. Just a luxury super palace for myself. Just out there every day walking the deck- like, looking over, looking out at Santa Monica Pier. It's this. It's like one thousand times bigger than the <laughs> than the biggest yacht. Yeah, yeah. So great, especially if it was nuclear powered. Just hot dogging around. Put a big sail on it, like to scale, like a, a sail that's like eight thousand feet in the air. <laughs> Can you imagine just like. Full power just hot dogging up the up the Hudson River, like what a splash you would make. Everyone would know it was you. Paint it hot pink, Mary Kay Pink. There's not another one of those. There for, he is. First man. There he is again. <laughs> <laughs> Get the loudest horn. Big train horn. <laughs> 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 You're like dressed like a tugboat captain for some reason. <laughs> but once the warheads are assembled at Pantex, and they're making a lot of different kinds of warheads for subs, for for uh, for silos, for jets. Then they have to go from Pantex to where they're going to be deployed.
1: You're using the present tense, by the way. Am, am I? Am I? Is this a spoiler warning? If I, if I ask, is that factory still producing new warheads?
0: That factory is, and that, and this does still happen. Huh. But it's changed over time. In the in the early years of the Cold War, immediately after World War II, when we were scaling up this process, there was, um, you know. The limited number of nukes and a limited number of places that they needed to go, but by the very early fifties, we were in an arms race with the Soviets, and uh, and PanTex was working overtime making nukes, and they needed to go to far far flung places, and the Department of Energy's solution. Uh, to the question of how are we going to move these nukes around the country?
1: Got to get them to the ports, got to get into the silos. The was bases.
0: rather than, you know, to put them in the trunk of a car a la Repo Man <laughs> and send a guy driving around, um, they built a train, a real choo-choo train. They built one train. Out of parts. Initially, I'm sure it was just one. And they... um they took like old kitchen cars from, um, you know, from work trains, from from army trains. They had all these surplus army trains, like like the the cars that had the that did food prep, yeah, for the kitchen cars. And kids? they uh, they they put sheet metal over the windows, and they built little little um, turrets on the ends, well, like for like gun emplacements, little 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 uh, hats that sat up where you could shoot a gun out. And and they linked up a train that had like a car full of warheads and then a car full of guards that had little turrets and then uh, another car full of warheads and another car full of guards. And they made these long trains. Do
1: we have any sense of why kitchen cars were uniquely suited to this purpose? They just had
0: them lying around. (laughs) I mean, this is 1951. You're just trying to put it all... You know, uh, the the military was. You don't need a gas stove or a, right. a, a colander for any of this. And the Air Force was brand new, and nukes were brand new. And uh, I mean, if this was I guess safer than air travel, air travel is a greater risk of,
1: time, of crash.
0: Yeah. Even though the way that warheads are made, they're not um, they they're not easy to explode. There are, there are multiple instances of of plane of airplanes carrying live nukes that crash sometimes devastatingly, but uh, the bombs don't explode because they're, they're made not to explode until they're armed in a certain way. But I guess you've still lost a very expensive right. piece of military hardware. But the train, you know, and they're heavy at the time. Like, uh, warheads got smaller and smaller as the technology enabled it. Mm-hmm. The early ones were much larger. Anyway, in order to keep these trains subtle and secret from prying eyes, The Department of Energy painted them totally white. (laughs) Wait. But no other train is white. No. Nope. And no other train has gun tourists. I can't can't
1: even think of a Thomas train that's white. No. Why didn't they paint them red like James the Red Engine?
0: Right. Or just paint them like trains (laughs) that just say like Burlington Northern Santa Fe on the side. Think of all the confusion and delay. Although in 1951, that wouldn't have been a a livery, but go ahead. Why Did
1: they they want them to look special? (laughs)
0: yeah <laughs> must have confusing um i'm i, I I'm not sure they you know they were trying to balance um a certain amount of like don't mess around with this train a certain a certain amount of signaling like an insect would do in its coloration to say this is poisonous, so if you're going to if you're like a hobo, maybe don't hop this one. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, you know, not announcing it with, uh, with like by painting it like a bumblebee, but really painting it white is, you you couldn't make it more conspicuous. You are saying this is a weird
1: train of some kind. It's a weird train. It's not clear whether it's a circus train or a quarantine train or. But
0: for decades, these trains, uh, plied the rails of America, sending nukes out from Pantex to, all the places where nukes needed to go, and uh, there were tracks built s- right into uh, the Banger submarine base here uh, in in Charleston, um, and tracks sort of you know webbing out across the United States to places no one else would ever want to go. Just these sidings that kind of go through a barbed wire fence, and the and the white train goes in there and drops off its its uh, holocaustic.
1: I mean, White Train really does seem like – like if there was a band called White Trains, mm. you would assume it was some Final Solution related yeah. – it sounds like Joy Division or something, it right? It does,
0: White Trains, and I'm I'm surprised there wasn't a successful band. There are probably 50 bands called White Train. But um, Did if th- you think about that Guns N' Roses song, I'm on a white train, but it's not really White Train, it's Night Train. Oh, Right.
1: Was there uh, were there conspiracy theories about them, like the
0: black helicopters of the of the same period? Well, there didn't need to be because everybody knew what they were. Oh, this was not a secret. I mean, it was a it was a it was a secret in plain sight. I'm sure that there were KGB agents stationed along the way who who pulled out their pocket pen that was actually a transmitter and said. The train has just gone by. They're just recruiting those nerdy train spotter guys. But it's now. like it's not hard to it's not hard to see, and not hard to know what it is if you're if you know what it is. I mean, it makes it trivial
1: to know where all the the missile launching installations are, right?
0: Right, and and uh, I mean, if you drive past a Dairy Queen in Minot, North Dakota, and it's set way back from the road and surrounded by uh, concertina wire. You can bet that it's not actually a Dairy Queen. It's really an ICBM site. <laughs> it's the concertina wire that gives it away. Do you think they had white cabooses? They did. They had white cabooses that had that were full of special forces guys who were there. I think that
1: probably must violate some US law. Cabooses should be red.
0: Yeah, well, the, often the locomotives were just normal um you know, Burlington Northern livery With Thomas or livery. Smith. What With do Thomas you say? Smith. Do you say livery or livery? I thought it was livery. Is All right, it, well, let's it, call it livery. Is it livery? I, I. It's another one of these words that... That you, uh, that you hear, that you read That you read you, and have no idea how to say.
1: I mean, I know for... It, it must come from horses, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you always say a livery stable. Uh, yeah, the only question is whether it's
0: livery or livery. Both are acceptable. Oh, okay. Livery, livery um but these trains traveled across america on a, a, a routinely um delivering nukes and taking decommissioned nukes back for decades and it wasn't until the late 70s that a um that a a peace activist that, uh, who was a member of a of uh, this was an era late seventies early eighties was an era where there was a lot of uh, a lot of energy in the sort of liberation theology aspect of Catholicism mm-hmm. in Central America there was a there was a very activist group of Catholics worldwide who became engaged. Uh, In the peace movement, really, really, sort of actively engaged—not just in the anti-nuke or anti-war movement, but in in promoting a kind of Marxist ideology. In the third world,
1: yeah, specifically Latin America, right? Yeah,
0: specifically Latin America, where you know Catholicism already had held tremendous sway. It yeah. would you know it would have been maybe a harder sell in Vietnam, although there was a lot of Catholicism there. But it was it didn't have the ubiquity that it did in El Salvador, for instance.
1: Sure, like if you're if you're the Catholic Church in El Salvador in the late
0: seventies, you're you're the you're the biggest show in town, the biggest show in town. You're bigger yeah, than the government to to counter you know whatever the the. Um, off well, the and to 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 work not just on behalf or not just uh, against war and violence, but on behalf of um of the underprivileged, which is kind of what you would assume the theology would kind of direct you to do. Although, uh, although that liberation theology sect of Catholicism ran afoul of the Vatican, it wasn't like celebrated necessarily in Catholic hierarchies.
1: Well, it probably caused them a lot of governmental problems well, it did. with, with it a, a places re- they wanted, right-wing dictators they wanted to keep a good relationship you with. You know
0: what? Hippies are a problem no matter where they come from, whether it's the Vatican or Berkeley <laughs> or within the, the US State Department.
1: We've got a bunch of hippies from the Vatican living in our backyard. And <laughs> it's the worst. The little, the little piles of dirt appear at night. Yeah. And you don't know what to do. Like, can can I put bombs down there? Oh, they're,
0: back, they're back there, like flogging themselves all the time. <laughs> Uh, but uh, a man by the name of Jim, Jim Douglas, who um, was living here in the Pacific Northwest and active in that kind of uh, swords to plowshares era of anti-war, anti-nuke stuff, noticed these white trains, and he actually bought a house just outside of the submarine base, and in Bremerton, in uh, in er, uh, in Pulsbo, right. you know, the, the yeah. sub base out in Kitsap, and. And the sort of ominousness of these white trains did not escape his attention either. It They did feel like uh, harbingers of the apocalypse. And so he started to make uh, make noise about them and just try to direct our attention to these things that were hiding in plain sight. And I think probably if you were sitting at a train crossing in 1975 and a white train went past, and you know, they, they had... Sp- very strict speed limits on them. So, you know, a white train went past, but not fast, 35 miles an hour. Lots ch- of, ch- lots of ch- time ch- for ch- everyone ch- ch- in town to check it out. And yet at the same time it would seem so mundane that you might you might see them go by all the time and just never register what they were. There are work trains, there are there are trains that are Doing various jobs on railroads. Plus, guys in dark suits would show up and erase your memory, or or, or uh, kidnap exactly. your family, or just shoot you right between the <laughs> eyes for looking at the train. <laughs> That's too what long. I said. Erase your memory. That's it's the most effective way of doing it. But uh, but Jim Douglas started to call attention to it, and uh, and activated the Catholic workers' movement, and people started to protest. They started to protest the trains. They would. Um, it's
1: a pretty smart angle. Yeah. Because nuclear stuff is coming through your community, right? So you don't even have to be some kind of uh, unpatriotic, anti-nuke fringe person to to be on the barricades. It's a it's a really
0: good angle. Well, and here's the other thing about Catholics, they're everywhere. <laughs> That's what happened in my backyard. <laughs> and so so the word went out, and all of a sudden, all these little crossroads, all these little towns across America, um, People from the local parish would just... From the local parish would go down and protest the train huh. as it came through. And you realize all of a sudden that these trains are going through hundreds and hundreds of little towns. And as the word gets out, there are hundreds and hundreds and then hundreds of protests happening. Initially sort of picketing the trains as they went through, but increasingly blocking the trains. Oh. And, and, it,
1: and is this on the strength of is this just uh, is the messaging this is just generically this is some generic no nuke thing or is it like nuclear materials are coming through our town where our kids play
0: that was the angle but it was it was largely i mean the big picture was no nukes so
1: it wasn't da- it wasn't that dangerous i mean you're saying these warheads are not going to no the,
0: the 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 trains themselves don't pose any danger other than that other than the fact that the trains are targets. Yeah, I guess that's true. And when you think about the trains being targets of the Soviets, that's one thing, but they're also targets of, I mean, nine 11 wasn't the first terrorist action and nuclear warheads have always held an appeal to non-state actors. You know, if, if, uh, if ETA or, um, the IRA could have gotten, Meinhof. yeah, could have gotten a hold of one and just used it as a, as a threatening device, even if they couldn't have set it off, you know, just to say they have it in a warehouse somewhere and they're, and they go in every once in a while and hit it with a hammer. What are you going to do about it? So these trains, just their presence uh, is an attractive nuisance, right? You don't want your town to be the one that, um, that the PLO decides is the place they're going to hijack this train. Suddenly the PLO is in Fresno. This is the, well, it's just like Antifa is, is out in Forks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, today you get, you do get kind of the same level of community opposition when, say, coal
0: trains yeah. go through, right? right?
1: Like there's a lot of that in uh, northern Washington, Whatcom County, uh, people are worried the, about the dust coming off the yeah, trains. Yeah, the dust
0: is actually toxic
1: and and pernicious. And there was an issue, like we were in Montana Last week we were visiting Glacier National Park, and the 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 train line that still goes through there is almost entirely uh, oil tanker cars, day after day, and they're going right along the river where we're rafting. And the guide says, "You know, if 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 some train ever tipped and fell into the river, like that would be just an unprecedented ecological disaster. You know, like like this this would flow downstream to the." You know, we're on the middle fork of the flathead, but that's going to flow into the whatever, and from thence into the Columbia, and from thence into the Pacific. I mean, this is this would be some Val- Valdez level, Exxon Valdez level, uh, eco disaster in multiple, multiple ecosystems. And I guess nobody even thinks about that, but like that does happen. Yeah, I mean, trains are deadly, Tra- trains crash all the time, um, confusion and delay. Confusion and delight. It's when the engines decide they don't want to help
0: out and they're not being useful. And then next thing you know, oil slick. Well, so in the protesting of these trains, it became a a source of embarrassment for the Department of Energy and for the whole sort of uh, nuclear machine. Um, And it was, this is Reagan administration era, um, where the the question of of um of an arms race and of of this uh you know this looming armageddon really really although it had it had been a risk since the 50s and various times throughout the mid century there was um you know there was a heightened sense of like duck and cover right all those all the bomb shelters that were built in the 50s and 60s well by the 70s people had become kind of blasé about
1: it they'd put shag carpeting in their in their That's bomb right, in shelters their bomb shelter. they but by the mid playing pong in there
0: the mid 80s reagan's you know particular brand of saber rattling uh, everyone was again reminded and on constant alert uh Against the idea that that by, by design that, that was the messaging yeah that's right there, there's
1: an evil empire coming for us it could happen
0: at any moment yeah but this was this was embarrassing enough that in 1984 uh, they attempted to solve the problem by changing the color of the trains and just <laughs> that's the first thing I would have done painting them uh, rust colored but they didn't just paint them train color. Uh, they did. They painted some of the cars train colored. Some of them, you know, they painted flat train. Some of them, they painted uh, uh, red train. It's just like a guy with model trains. Sure, they come out of the kit white, but
1: then yeah. you you make them look like trains. You yeah, got to age, age them up a you little. paint them dusty. That's yeah. right.
0: Um, but that didn't work, and uh, it started to be a situation where nuns were standing out on the tracks, stopping trains. Nuns tied to train tracks. Nuns tied this to train This is so tracks. much
1: like my dreams, it's scary.
0: It was a super bad look. At, and in 1987, a man by the name of Brian Wilson, no, no relation, no, no relation uh, actually went out and stood in front of a train in the, pr- in the process of one of these um, protests, and the train crew didn't stop and ran him over and cut off both of his legs. Like on purpose? Like we're sick of these guys? Well, that was the question. No. Um, there was... You know Brian Wilson ended up suing, and there was ample time for them to stop. I guess plenty of evidence that they could have and should have. Uh, the train crew said they assumed that he would get out of the way because they were a train, um, and I think Brian Wilson actually ended up uh, winning some money in that suit. He's still alive and still an activist. Became a lawyer, I think, and and active in um, you know continues to be kind of active, not in the anti nuke world because that's not as uh flashy anymore but do it you know peace knit kind of stuff yeah and and uh sort of leftist stuff uh this is a this is a world of acronyms the department of energy the department of defense as you know these are acronym generating organizations
1: that's really why they exist i mean the 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 weapons are just a a side product of the acronyms
0: there's a there uh Within the Department of Energy, there was a subgroup called the National Nuclear Security Administration, or the NNSA. That's be- it's so much better than the S8. NSA. Twice as good as the NSA. The NNSA. Yeah. Uh, these, uh These rail cars that they built to carry the nukes were called SSRs, or safe, secure rail cars. Hold on. They don't need to be safe and secure. Those, they are, those are two both, words that mean the same thing. They're both safe and secure. So they're safe from accident and secure from oh, intrusion. I see. Secure is a military term, the sense of, of operational security. That's right. Operational security. I see. Uh, and these these uh, railborn acronyms uh, ac- acronyms railborn an acronym is an acronym that's not used anymore. <laughs> railborn acronyms. <laughs> um, eventually encountered enough social resistance so that in these towns across America, there were people blocking the rails everywhere that the, uh, that the national nuclear security administration just decided that transporting nukes by rail was just, it was no longer um, a viable method. And like a lot of things where, um, where people go into action to, uh, to effect positive change, the end result was perhaps not what they anticipated. Often, you try to uh, whack a mole, let's say, with a hammer, yeah. and you find that the mole just pops up somewhere else. That's there should
1: be a game based on that idea. It does seem on, on like that, a, on that metaphor, a fun idea.
0: Uh, in this case, the Department of Energy just decided to maybe do what they should have been doing the whole time but also it doesn't help any aspect of safe or secure that they just decided to start using trucks. (laughs) And rather than paint the trucks white, they just painted them truck color. They made the trucks look like trucks and they started putting nukes in the trucks and sending them out, uh, still from Pantex and delivering them to all the various locations um, in my estimation, they should have just painted them in FedEx livery, but they they
1: put a driver in brown shorts up there.
0: Yeah, they just painted them gray, like trucks, and sent them off. now, the the only way that you would be able to identify them as being full of nukes is that because the government likes to, just like Seattle uh, tried to put um, traffic circles in intersections to keep traffic flowing, But then, because it's Seattle, they also put stop signs on those intersections. So, thereby eliminating any advantage of the utility of the traffic circle. Uh, They made these trucks. Uh, so that they would completely blend in, but then put them in convoys with like 10 <laughs> black windowed SUVs full of special forces guys and shadowed by Black Hawk helicopters and whatnot.
1: How come, How is there no movie about trying to steal a, a nuke from a, from a US trainer truck? I well, mean, is there like the, in Broken Arrow, I think it's a plane.
0: It's a plane. Yeah. Is there a movie? Uh, there should be a movie. And, and it, there should be a movie because it's extremely fascinating what they did with these trucks they recognize that the trucks are much harder to defend than a train, because a train you can armor, and a train can't be, you can't steal a train and take it on a journey. A train can stay, it has to stay on the tracks. Yeah, you can't hide it in a, except, under a copse of trees. Except for Tootle the locomotive, he leaves the tracks. He leaves the tracks. Uh, the, the, the white train did not leave the tracks, but the trucks are by by their very nature, off the tracks. And so they built these trucks in a way that is so cinematic, um, so ripe for exploitation in a James Bond film. Um, the, the trucks were made by Sandia Labs initially. And Sandia is an enormous con- company um, charged primarily with... Uh, like making goldfish crackers, making goldfish crackers, and stuff that uh stuff that kind of orbit around keeping nukes safe. It, it, so it's it's a big government contractor for n-
1: nuke nuclear accessories.
0: Yeah, that's right. Sandia has eleven thousand employees and a and a three and a half billion dollar budget, and what they do is. You make nukes safe? Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. They don't make nukes. They just make them safe. But they did make um the safe secure trailers or SSTs, <laughs> uh, which were initially towed by or yeah towed by the safeguards transporter or SGT. Uh, these are all again under the uh, NNSA National Nuclear Security Nuclear Security Administration.
1: You're gonna to switch to nuclear now? Come on. Nu, 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 l- newly c- cure. You're the, Yeah,
0: newly Nuliacure. Newly <laughs> what if Jimmy Carter said newly Cure? Nuliacure. Uh eventually they um they upgraded that to the new mobile guardian transporter or the oh. MGT. Um the 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 semi itself is the uh is the STG, but uh the new Mobile Guardian transporter is the trailer um now actually the tractor trailers are made by peterbilt hmm. uh which is owned by paccar here in washington state but the trailers the whole thing is the whole operation is armored the the tractor trailer is armored like an armored car i'm sorry the tractor the the, the semi the,
1: C- uh, the cb radio is armored the fuzzy dice are
0: armored yeah it's got it's got that big uh they, they look, over, look like sleepover ones. They, it's got that big area in the back that normally yeah. has a has a, a, little bunk. a bed with a VCR and, a, and some fuzzy dice and a bunch of porn movies and a bong or whatever it is that truckers do. Um, but in this case, it's full of Navy SEALs. <laughs> uh, it has gun ports on the side. But you know you wouldn't know it by looking at it as it went past you on the highway. But the trailer itself is fascinating. The trailer's armored within the trailer is a separate hardened inner trailer, an inner sleeve, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, that can, that, that holds the, the warheads. But the whole thing is built to have somewhat autonomous, um, security measures so that if the truck were to wreck or if a Bond villain were to swoop down with a giant claw on the, you know, that descends from a dirigible and grab the tractor trailer and lift it up into the sky. It would not be a simple matter of extracting the warheads because inside the trailer itself has, um, a series of devious riddles, a series of devious riddles. (laughs) Uh, one of the things it does is explode a bunch of foam that hardens and not only uh, hardens the warhead inside of this foam, but if you were a person that got in the trailer, the foam would envelop you and smother you. You look like Han Solo. Uh, the, the The trailer deploys tear gas. Uh, the trailer um, has a lot of... Stuff that the that the Department of Energy doesn't even give an acronym to, <laughs> but they're very they're they're cagey about telling us that there are these security measures. Even if you hijack this track, you won't get the nuke. But we're not going to tell you the ten things. But bad things are going to happen. Yeah. It's basically like um, some darts come out of the wall. Uh, a giant round rock rolls uh down a down a ramp it's an escape room you fall through a hole uh and all of this kind of came to public attention in 1991 when a tractor trailer carrying nukes on the side of the highway um some of these security measures just went off accidentally oh uh in 1991 in not surprisingly north dakota Up uh, along Highway 83 uh, near Bismarck, North Dakota, where all of the nukes love to live underneath Dairy Queens, um, there was a semi-truck that the foam went off without... um, Without any kind of, like, inciting provocation.
1: That's happened to all of us
0: from time to time. Am I right, fellas? And there was suddenly, uh, like, a semi standing on the side of the road, on the shoulder, uh, surrounded by, like, cordoned off, surrounded by special forces guys, smoking and full of, uh, you know, like, sending fireworks up and, and there was a bubble machine and it had activated a bunch of uh, scary clowns, <laughs> and you know people couldn't help but notice until until the area was cordoned off. And um, the truck had turned into Optimus Prime. The truck had turned into Optimus Prime, and the problem was that you know there, in order to get the nukes out, <laughs> you have to now defeat all, all of all the, the countermeasures. And so there are you know specially trained group of guys that came and got the nuke got the nukes out or got the whole operation out of there and into a secure environment. But it kind of alerted the world to the fact that the problem with the white trains was we could see them and the semis immediately faded into invisibility. And as a result, there is no protest against them. There's no, nobody's conscious of the fact that when you're out on the highway in the middle of the night and, Uh, a black SUV goes by and then another one and then a third one and then a semi-trailer and then two more black SUVs. You know, the, the, the savvy uh, person will pause their podcast and say, I wonder what's going on there. Nobody's going to see it, but other truckers and no one will believe them. There was a brief period after the white trains and before the end of the cold war where uh, the Reagan administration toyed with the idea of semi-trucks being launchers, having ICBMs in them concealed and being able to, um, in the event that we went to DEFCON 1, that, um, and it started with, uh, uh, there was a version of it based on trains, um, that they would be waiting in depots and in the event that that it got to uh, the point where it looked like war was imminent. Um, imminent. Just start sending out these trains. Uh, just like hit the road, right? And and then and then the evolution of that being the trucks.
1: And the but, idea is they're mobile. You can't target them like a
0: You Can't target them. You never know where they are. They would just go out into the fields and farms and be able to pull over to the side of the road and at very short notice launch a missile. Oh sure, I, um, I had those mask toys when I was a kid. I think
1: all of them could launch missiles, whether they were tractor trailers or whatever. I didn't know. Maybe that. Maybe Reagan was playing with the mobile armored strike command toys.
0: Uh, well, uh, almost certainly. Yeah, chicken or egg, right? Um, there are just a few more acronyms. There's the. Um, there's the, there. After after uh, we segued to. Wait, they put them on Segways? They did. They did oh immediately, immediately upon the invention white, of Segways. White Segways white rolling
1: across America's boardwalks.
0: When, Tra- you, <laughs> when you see them go by, you know the Segways, like speak, speaking of traffic circles with stop signs, you know the Segways that have three wheels? Uh, those are the ones that are nuclear c- capable. No, um, after, after we went to truck-based nuclear, delivery of course there needed to be a new office for that and that that office is called the office of secure transport or, OST. or, or the ost um which has uh, the transportation safeguards division or the tsd um and all of this is coordinated by the transportation and emergency control center or tecc tech which is based out of albuquerque um as of the last counting, there are three hundred and twenty-two of these uh, truck-based nuke couriers still driving America's highways and byways right now. Um, still, still, uh, still leaving Pantex and on their way to to various locales. There's a whole there's a whole set of procedures where, um, in the event of an accident or in the event of any incident that happens with these trucks, that state troopers all have been read into, um, to the the to their role in the response. So you know, there's various envelopes of authority. Open the white envelope, and the the troopers cordon off this area, and then the National Guard, and then the Department of Energy. But they're uh, they're all still there, and I cannot wait. You know, Futurelings really embraced the mail trucks, the photo mats, the. Uh, the Quonset huts, um, like the the washing bears, like futurelings, love an assignment. And what I want to see more than anything else is some some detective work, some photographic evidence of some of these um, Risk your safe, life. secure trailers. Risk your life to take <laughs> pictures of these trailers that no one wants you to take pictures of, and send them to Post them on the web. Uh, they're they're still there, and and most. Most curiously, this whole system and all these acronymic offices are still fighting the Cold War. There's no, n- there's no use case scenario for any of this.
1: Well, that's my broad question. Don't we already have enough nukes in the places where we need them? Aren't we treaty limited by how many we can, like, why are no, is this, is this a maintenance issue? Why, yeah. why, why is
0: new stuff still, why are new warheads still going out? Some of them, I mean, they need to, they, they need to be repainted. Um, <laughs> you know, like a lot of them are, are annuals. You have to plan them every year. It's your whole transmission. We're going to have to. I mean, the whole thing is, is, is a, a fan kind, belt. It's a kind of theater, you know, the, the, um.
1: I mean, you can see why the offices want to self perpetuate. That, right. that, that's a budget line item that they want to
0: keep going. But uh, there's a you know there's a bill right now to build the next generation of strategic submarines. Each one costs a handful of billions of dollars. Um, the The argument being that our fleet of nuclear. Uh, missile submarines like our mail trucks are, are are becoming too aged to perform their task. And the idea that the whole, that the notion of strategic deterrence is an obsolete notion isn't one we're prepared to consider. It hasn't filtered down yet. So, so we're, we're on the cusp of authorizing a whole new generation of, um, of boomer subs.
1: Well, as long as you've got some weird runaway cultural relic, in your culture, at least it's nuclear weapons. Right. <laughs> right. Right? And Of all the
0: things that could have outlived their usefulness, at least it's nukes because no downside there, right? Right now, there is a white train in Amarillo that at, when white trains went offline, they just parked. Um, <laughs> it's on a siding somewhere? On a siding. And now there's a movement to- Turn it into a Bnb and b To rehabilitate it because people are afraid like, Oh, this is they're just going to scrap this one day, and this whole era of uh, of American history will be lost. And so there's actually like a group of people yeah. trying to restore make it a museum. this last white train. and Pantex is kind of into it. They're like, oh, yeah, it's you're right. It is kind of cool. Here's my conspiracy theory. You tell me if
1: this is possible. Go. The whole thing was a false flag operation. Oh. This massive infrastructure of of dramatically colored trains. Just existed to provide a false target. In fact, they were just putting the nukes in the back of a of a Cadillac Coupe De Ville and just driving them somewhere. Like after after putting these big heavy foam deploying things into trucks and trains, then you know it's like at the at the end when the president just or uh, who is I think ACDC mm-hmm. like uh, they've got a big fake tour bus and then the guys are just out back in some beat up van or something, right?
0: So you're saying that Repo Man was QAnon.
1: That's exactly right. (laughs) Repo Man is Q. You heard it here first. And that concludes White Trains. White Trains. Am I saying it right? Do you think it's White Trains or is it White Trains? White Trains. I'm saying it like White Plains, New York. White Trains, New York. White Trains. White Trains. Entry 1429.IS1305. Certificate number 25154 in the Omnibus. Now, speaking of relics that have outlived their cultural usefulness. Me and John. Mm. No, uh, me and John use social media. That's the relic. Uh, You can, uh, if you're in our era or some era that has access to our archives, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, as at Omnibus Project, at Ken Jennings, at John Roderick. You can find other early 21st century listeners of the program on uh, Facebook or Reddit or Discord. By looking for futurelings, Uh, you can, uh, in this era, you can use the U.S. Postal Service, speaking of aging fleets, to send us things, send us your photos of of suspicious-looking trucks and trains of all kinds. Do
0: it. Uh, Do it. They can't stop you.
1: Yeah, you're a sovereign citizen. Just tell them you're a sovereign citizen. That's right. They won't throw you into some weird camp in, in uh, New Mexico.
0: Take your license plate off and throw it at them.
1: <laughs> and once you've done that, send the negatives to P.O. Box 55744, Shoreline, Washington, 98155. Uh, if you have digital evidence of our government's perfidy, we would like that as well. We want to know which high, play, highly placed figures are
0: pedophiles. Hmm. I don't have any interest in knowing that.
1: You you totally do.
0: Yeah. Really? I assume they all are pedophiles is what I would say. I just Do you, like, say, do you really say pe- I, pedophiles? I like the
1: British way because it sounds so much creepier. It is creepier. Yeah. yeah. We want to know which of the major sports commissioners- Have coronavirus.
0: Uh, I was going to- Are say, anti-Semites. Yes. Yes. I was going to say are pedophiles. <laughs> I want to know who are anti-Semites and pedophiles. They're the ones that I feel like I want to target first. Really? Yeah, tri- double threat.
1: Well, yeah. And if they have coronavirus, triple threat. Double threat to all the little Gentile kids in the neighborhood. It's There's a there's a real plus side for the Jewish families. Oh, well, no, wait a minute. You think, don't you think, think an anti-Semite th- pedophile will not target a Jewish kid?
0: No, I think the opposite. I think an anti-Semite pedophile will specifically target Jewish kids. Uh, this is a terrible uh, little little sighting we've gone off on.
1: They both seem equally plausible, so I don't know. Uh, but don't send us your opinions on this because we'll think you're a weirdo.
0: Yeah, no, I don't want to hear from futurelings on this topic. <laughs> I don't want to hear from us on this topic. Oh. And, yet, and yet here we are. <laughs> also, although this is not a thing to joke about, we are joking and do not want to hear, or uh, don't don't want to be chastised for it.
1: Yes, we, we're, we're going to send an open letter to Harper's saying that we do not want to get... Any repercussions for our jokes or opinions. And once you say that in Harper's, they actually nobody can actually criticize That's you.
0: That's right. That's right. So, complete.
1: So consider us having signed such a letter. Uh, you did not have to like that joke about uh, pedophilia. We didn't like it either.
0: Also, Ken and I are going to do a video of us singing the song Imagine. <laughs> but you can't criticize us
1: for it. Because that would just be a sign of the oppressive wokefulness of the culture.
0: That's right. Ken if, is going to dress as Wonder Woman.
1: If too. we got criticized for any of our bad acts or opinions, that would just be the SJWs being out of control.
0: Uh, that's why we can't tax the rich.
1: Because then
0: they won't. Af- they can't afford Wonder Woman <laughs> bustiers? <laughs> because then they can't send their kids to liberal colleges. Oh, right. right and right. that's who become the SJWs. Well,
1: they can. They would just have to pretend their kids are champion uh, rowers or, or something. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you can so send us any uh digital artifacts we got pretty far afield i was just trying to read an email address and look oh, what happened i know we got canceled like eight times
0: you canceled yourself
1: i am now canceled yeah uh so the last thing i will see before i swallow my own tail like an, a self-canceling aeroboros. Ouroboros. or a boros
0: Ouroboros. oroboros Ouroboros. Ouroboros. <laughs>
1: is uh, my email account. You can send the show your uh, communications and thoughts at theomnibusproject at gmail.com. You can support us financially through our Patreon. Uh, It's a wonderful way to support the show. Even at at the lowest tiers of support, you get a bonus episode a month.
0: The lowest tier is $20. That is not true. Oh,
1: what's the lowest tier? $5 a month. Oh, okay. You, You probably spend that on... Pipe cleaners. <laughs> five dollars. What, what, what's what, your what's your monthly pipe cleaner budget?
0: What John? do people? Well, I spend a lot on pipe cleaners because I'm always making little uh, little Eiffel towers. But uh, but most people probably don't. What do you spend five dollars a month on? I spend more than that on gum. I spend more than that on soy sauce. What is what is a five dollar a month thing? Mm. Do you spend that on on like cloud storage?
1: I don't have anything that bills that low per month.
0: Right. So anyway, that's quite a it'll
1: be your lowest bill if you can. And if you give at one of the higher levels Toothpicks.
0: I bet I spend five dollars a month on toothpicks.
1: The thing is that might be true, but it's amortized because every right. two years you buy Sure.
0: I go four, through toothpicks four, f- a lot.
1: Every two years you buy forty eight dollars worth of toothpicks, famously. Right. Wait, that's not even right. That would be four dollars a month, right? Uh you kit no, eight. No. Two dollars.
0: Eighty. Two, eight. Athon forty eight would
1: be two dollars. Eleven to twelve, uh, and at the higher levels, you get some pretty impressive perks. You can even chew at the fifty dollars a month level. I believe you can make us do your bidding. Hmm. You can make us record minute. an omnibus of your choice.
0: Do our do their bidding within reason. Yeah, we're not your genie in a bottle. Yeah, I'm not gonna like marry your
1: sister. We're not gonna come weed your raspberries. But we will do a show topic of your choice. In mm-hmm. fact, this very show was suggested by Kurt
0: Peterson. Oh, that's right, that's right, Kurt Peterson. Although it was a um, although it was a show near and dear to my heart. Kurt you, Peterson you already wanted to do nuclear travel. Well, you know I did, but uh, but he actually lives somewhere up uh, underneath a Dairy Queen, doesn't he? Isn't that one of the one of the um, motivating one of one of his animating? He's a North Dakotan. He's a Minotian, a Minotian. Well, where is he from? You're the one that that uh, that keeps all this information in your file cabinet. I don't want to uh, give the uh oh, his location. I don't want to disclose his location. But wait a minute, didn't the he actually one of his suggestions was that we do a show on his small town? Oh, yeah, he's
1: from Aberdeen, South Dakota. That's yeah, right.
0: Yeah, South Dakota. I
1: think apparently I've mentioned Aberdeen, South Dakota twice, which is hard to believe because no even people who live there have not mentioned it twice. Right. And he wanted us to write more about his surprisingly interesting uh, hometown but yeah at the uh, at the fourth tier which is what our washing bear yes our washing bear tier you like Kurt can uh, make us do a show on the topic of your choice thanks Kurt for suggesting white trains that was fun
0: yeah and thanks for um, thanks for supporting the show Kurt at the level that entitled you to uh, to use us like your little puppets it is what keeps the show going at this point brain puppets we are your brain puppets Futurelings, from our vantage point in your distant past, we have no idea how long our civilization survived. A rogue agent could blow up a nuke at any moment. The TSA
1: and the TSD could have their uh, MSRs Mm -hmm. uh, uh, subverted. Mm -hmm. And then if they get into the the NNSA's
0: TTGs, Mm -hmm. it's all over. It'll be like XHTML. (laughs) Uh, It could happen now. Nope, it didn't come here. Uh, We hope and pray that that catastrophe we fear may never come. But if the worst comes soon, this recording, like all our recordings, may have been our final word. But if Providence allows, we hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the Omnibus.